Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Aaron Torres of Fox Sports Radio talk a little bit about the Arkansas basketball team being over there in Europe and giving an update on the scores there. Arkansas is now up 92-53 to with 6.43 left to go. So a 39-point lead for the Razorbacks. We'll give you updates on that and continue it on a Trigger Tuesday presented by Splash Car Wash. Stay tuned here on Out of Bounds. Randy is taking Drive Time Sports to Russellville Wednesday to broadcast live from War Auto Mall, where it's always a great time to save on Nissan, Hyundai, and Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram. Live from the Hogs Meat Market Studios, this is Out of Bounds. To win more than nine games, there's so many close games and, and situational football we have to be very, very good at. And I'm talking about third and one, some things that we didn't do well last year. I'm talking about two minute, which we did do well last year. I'm talking about four minute, where we've got the lead and we need to complete the game. Now, those things are going to be determined how many wins you have in taking care of the football. Yeah, yeah. With John Neighbors. Every time you put a mic in my face, I'm going to say Arkansas. And Joe Franklin. We won't go in the shell. We won't go in attack mode because that's what's required. On 1037 The Buzz. One hour down, two hours to go. Appreciate everybody listening in on this beautiful day here in the great state of Arkansas. John Neighbors, Joe Franklin, broadcasting live from the Hogsmeade Market Studios with you today. And thank you, as always, for making us a part of your afternoon this afternoon. It's a Trigger Tuesday presented by Splash Car Wash. We'll be getting into all the things that are bothering us in the world of sports here at just a little bit, at least in this hour. We still got uh, some more headlines to get to. We still got some uh, other Things to talk about when it comes to college football, got NFL, got all that fun stuff. But we also got Razorback basketball, if you can believe it. 102 to 59 with a minute 48 to go in this one. And Arkansas is in complete control control of this game. And they got a few more games that are going to be happening throughout the rest of this week and into even next week. So we'll keep you updated on all that. But we'll talk about how Arkansas is going to win a national championship and go 40-0 as we go to the Jones and Sun Diamond and Brown Fine Jewelry Hotline and welcome in Aaron Torres of Fox Sports Radio, as well as the Aaron Torres podcast. And Aaron, as always, appreciate you joining us. How you doing this afternoon? You know, I'm doing all right. But, John, I thought you were big time. I mean, you went to San Francisco with the Hogs. You went to Tampa with the Hogs. You couldn't get the, the bosses to send you to Spain. Are you slipping, man? Are you in trouble with the bosses? What's going on? <laughs> yeah, well, the uh, the Buzz Jet was uh, being used at this time. So, yeah, I had had to just uh, deal with watching it on Flow Sports instead this time around. Okay. I don't know, man. I mean, I see you courtside and, and uh, you know, <laughs> following the team. So I just figured you would be there. I figured, you know, 
you'd be calling me from Spain right now. But how are you guys doing? You guys watching this or what? Nice to have a little basketball on a Tuesday afternoon, huh? Yeah, we got a Flow Sports on here in the studio, so we're we're watching it yeah, live. Yeah, and it's I mean Arkansas again is up about uh, about over fifty points, about to be. Is uh, they had some. A nice transition basketball there. Joseph Pinion involved. I mean, here's the thing, Aaron. Like, we're sitting here, we're watching. It's fun to watch. It's enjoyable because, like you said, it is basketball, college basketball, Razorback basketball. But when you talk about taking anything away from something like this, I know a lot of teams in college basketball do tournaments and events like this. Like, what really, if anything, can you take away from something like this? Well, it's interesting, right, because Auburn just finished their summer tour, and, you know, they had a couple really big wins. Alabama opened their tour yesterday with a big win. And, look, you know, what I would say is I think it's easy to do the whole, uh, you know, you can't take anything away from it. It's like, well, you know, I think part of that might be true. But what I would also say is, like, you guys are watching this. I've watched most of the game because I'm intrigued like everybody else. And I think it's hard not to watch this team. And at the very least, you know, putting aside the win, you know, the final score and, and the point differential and all that, it's just what its upside could be. I mean, you just watch this team, the size, the length, the athleticism. Uh, you know, I, I know that the guys calling the game are Arkansas locals, and they were talking about, you know, Musk wanting to upgrade in the offseason after that Duke game where you're playing a bunch of first-round picks and, and what he felt like they needed to do. And so I just bring it up because I think, you know, everybody wants to do the whole, you know, you can't take anything out of something like this, blah, 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 this and that. Uh, I feel like it's the exact opposite is that, I, you know, I'm not ready to print up the John Neighbors 40 and O t-shirts, but I also think that, again, you know, you can only take, uh, you, you know, you can only take what you see out of it. And so independent of the competition, I see a team with crazy upside. I see a team that can be deep if that's how Coach Must chooses to play. I see a team that can play 94 feet on defense if that's how Coach Must chooses to play. And I just I, I look at this team and I think, man, like maybe it's a little premature to start talking win-loss record, anything like that. But in terms of overall upside, I mean, I watch a lot of college basketball. It's going to be hard for me to imagine a team with more upside than this team heading into the season. Well, with these teams playing at this time, they're getting those, they're getting more practice in, they're getting more time on the court, and then they have a value that off the court they're able to bond as a team and then experience going to different places. No, I think, you know, and it's funny, I, you know, I had Bruce Pearl on my podcast about a month ago, and he was just raving about their summer tour. And I haven't spoken to Coach Muss uh, really much since since the season ended. I saw him a little bit out in California recruiting. But, you know, Bruce, Co- Coach Pearl talked a ton about the cultural impact of their trip to, to – they went to Israel. Um, you know, the cultural impact of seeing the Dead Sea. You know, there's some religious, um, you know, places that they went that I know he was very excited about. And for Coach Must in, in, in Arkansas, it feels as though they spent time at the beach. I think they may have done some of the touristy stuff. I haven't seen everything that they're going to do. And I assume they're going to do a lot in, in Italy as well once they get there. And so, you know, I've always been a huge proponent of these trips because I think for an 18-, 19-year-old kid to be able to go halfway across the world, to be able to see things that they would never be able to otherwise I, I just think it's an incredible opportunity for these kids. And, you know, co- college, you know, we, we talk about college sports for a living, and I get that. But part of college is supposed to be about being able to experience things that you might not be able to otherwise. And I think talking to coaches, talking to former players, the experience that comes with this, you just can't put a price on it, Joe. 
Well, and another thing, too, is these events don't happen all the time. I know that there's, like, some limitations as far as how many you can do during yeah. a certain period of time. Uh, do you feel like that should something that may need to change, where you can do more of these events and have these maybe more on a yearly basis? Because it seems like uh, more teams are able to do it, and especially now that you can get television coverage of a lot of it. It could be extremely beneficial if it happens more often. Well, John, I think it's like everything else with the NCAA where, you know, does it give an inherent advantage to the schools with more money? Um, I, you know, I don't know. You know, this year is interesting. I was talking to a coach in, on one of these trips that, that's over there right now, as a matter of fact, and, you know, he was just saying, I think because of COVID, it feels like more teams are doing it this year than ever before because obviously nobody was traveling in 2020, and then even in 2021, you were really limited on re really where you could go at this time last year. So I think it just feels like a lot of teams are doing this. But, um, you know, I mean, I would have no fundamental issue with it. But I think what it comes down to is when you get to that low and mid-major, schools aren't going to be able to fly across the world. Schools aren't going to be able to schedule professional teams, um, you know, as part of exhibitions. And so, um, you know, is there a way to get more in the summer and the fall that's a different question, right, John? Because we talk about this all the time in football too. Is instead of having a spring game, can you schedule or can you can you play an inter squad scrimmage with somebody else? Can you play an FCS team in a, like a preseason game in college football, like they do in the NFL? Um, I don't have those answers, but it does feel like there is a way. To your point, John, to do something in the off season where it isn't just practice clips uh, outside of once every four years, basically from March until November. And we've been hearing so much about this Arkansas team going into it. Now, were there any players that you saw, Aaron, during the course of this game that kind of stood out to you? Been hearing about them, but now you get a chance to see them. Yeah, you know, Joe, um, I'll be honest, is so, you know, you guys know I, I love college hoops and, and whatever. I try to watch as much as I can. I don't remember Trevon Brazil from, <laughs> from Missouri. Maybe that's why Quanzo Martin got fired because he wasn't playing his best players. But, uh, you know, that kid just absolutely stood out to me today um, in terms of kind of that rim protector, you know, stretch player that Arkansas was just frankly lacking last year. And it's no disrespect to Jalen Williams and all the guys that they had. But, I mean, he just looked to me like a guy that's ready to step in um, and just give the Hogs a, a – a, a, you know, an element that they didn't have last year. Obviously, Ricky Council had a couple really cool highlight plays. And I'll say this, too. You know who actually stood out to me? Um, it might surprise some Hogs fans that didn't get a chance to watch, but I thought Devo Davis. You know, I, I thought last year, you know, we, we all remember the 2021 NCAA tournament. Um, and, you know, I thought last year, for whatever reason, if it was kind of coming back after that big run or whatever, that, you know, he was inconsistent and maybe lacking confidence and whatever. And, I, you know, he was a guy that I thought could be like all SEC type player and it just never clicked. I thought today he played confident, um, you know, showed some leadership early. So those were the guys that stood out. And then obviously, look, Jordan Walsh was awesome. Uh, Nick Smith was awesome. But, you know, I think, you know, especially like a guy like Nick Smith, who you guys have had a chance to see throughout his high school career. Uh, I wasn't really surprised that, that he played well, but I thought Trevon Brazil was really the guy that stood out to me of like, wow, I, I, I know we've seen the practice clips. I know, you know, people, I, I don't know if you guys got a chance to go to that open media availability, but I know people that I saw there were raving about him. Um, but he, I, I just don't remember him being that good at, at Missouri. And I think he's the kind of guy that, you know, could turn into an NBA player under coach Muss's watch. 
We're speaking with Aaron Torres of Fox Sports Radio and the Aaron Torres Podcast here on the Jones and Son Diamond and Bridal Fine Jewelry Hotline. Aaron, obviously college basketball and winning a national championship is is always extremely tough to do no matter what, but it seems like there's always been a pretty common formula of a few pieces. What is it about Arkansas this year that may be able to take them to that level where they are good enough to win a national championship, or what are some things that possibly they need to make sure that they are really good at and develop as the season goes on to make sure they're ready for March? Yeah, this is really cliche, John, but, you know, um, ultimately it, it really is about talent, you know, and, and like it, the one thing you can pretty much um, you go across the board, any national champion, multiple first-round NFL draft picks. I mean, even you look at last year with Kansas, it was a veteran team, and it was a different kind of first-round pick, but they had two first-round picks with Ochai Abaji and Christian Brown. Now, that was a, a true senior and I believe a true junior, so it would obviously probably look a little bit different than what Arkansas is going to have this year. So um, I, I think that's first and foremost is, you know, and John, this is something, it's funny, I say this every year and people get mad at me and try to tell me that I'm wrong, but I'm actually right. Um, you know, the NCAA tournament, people, they love to say, February, you'll, you'll hear Jay Billis go on and on about this. Oh, it's such a wide open, anyone, there's 20 teams that can win it. Well, I've gone back and, and crunched the numbers. Since 2007, um, so that's what, 15 tournaments now, 16 tournaments, something like that. There wasn't one in 2020. Um, so like 15, 16 tournaments, all but three of those teams were number one seeds. Um, and two of the teams that weren't number one seeds were my UConn Huskies that had the best player in the tournament, Kemba Walker, one year, and Shabazz Napier the next. So I bring it up to say that we all kind of go into all these NCAA tournaments, say, oh, it's wide open, and there's 15 teams that can win it. Now, usually there's about three, four, five, and it's a combination of, you know, coaching, depth, talent, and, you know, experience is another one as well. And so obviously that's something that, uh, you know, Arkansas has non-traditional experience in the sense that they have a lot of guys that have had college experience just at a different school. But I also think that's kind of the world that we live in now where you're going to see that in college basketball going forward. So, you know, again, it's August whatever, August 9th. And I, like I said, I know John's already printing up his 40-0 and T-shirts, but I, I did watch today, and it's just hard to watch that team and not sit there and say that's a team that, that as long as everything happens behind the scenes that, that generally happens under Coach Muss. Again, I know you don't want to overreact, but it's hard not to look at them and say, man, that team has the upside to be playing deep, deep, deep into March. Also, with that, expectations come about, and there are already expectations on this team simply because of the Uh, talent that's there. And then they've made back-to-back Elite Eight runs. So for most people, they're thinking they need to at least get there or go farther than that, or there would be some people that would say they're disappointed in it. Yeah, it was funny. I actually, Joe, did that, you know, on my podcast over the summer. I I do kind of like a mailbag segment every episode or every week, I mean. And I had somebody ask me that. They said, you know, I'm an Arkansas fan. Should it be Final Four or bust expectations? And, you know, I think two things can be true is I, I get where a fan would feel that way coming into the season with the hype and everything like that. You know, I'm I'm very much a, a you know a journey is greater than the process. You know, the process is better than the end destination kind of guy, and so I just think that's a crappy way to kind of follow a, a sports team, right? Like it's like being an Alabama football fan, right? Like when you win, you expect to win. When you win close, the sky is falling. Uh, when you don't win a championship, it's a disappointment. Like I guess that's a fun way for Alabama fans to consume their football team. 
But for the rest of us, it's like it doesn't seem like a fun way to enjoy following your favorite sports team. So I get the idea that, that Coach Muss has ratcheted up the expectations back-to-back Elite Eights. Um, and, and I understand if, if, you know, the day after Arkansas season ends next year, if it's not in a Final Four, if it's not uh, with that confetti falling, you know, you guys opening your show talking about this very topic, I just can't sit here in August and, and say that if you go – 30 and three over the course of the regular season and you losing the elite eight again, that it's somehow a disappointing season. Not saying that will happen. Obviously there's no way to know right now, but I'm just one of those, you know, again, if this team plays up to its potential and it put, by the way, if it plays like it did today, I think there's going to be a lot of fun nights watching Razorbacks basketball this year. And then, you know, whatever happens in the tournament happens in the tournament. And that's the thing is that you're talking about we're on our show, and I'm sure that uh, you have the same thing. We're talking Razorback basketball in the middle of August, you know, when fall camp's going on. And I think that it's not just because they're playing overseas, but the fact that the expectation is so high for this team. And even looks like even after this season, of course, we, we can't wait for this year to get going. But even after this season, Muss has got some big-time five-star caliber guys on, on the horizon. He's got some transfers that he's always going to bring in. It certainly seems like this could be the year where it's already been really good going back and back Elite Eights, but if he found a way to take it to that next step, go to a, a Final Four, maybe even contend for a national championship, maybe even win one, I mean, you're talking about something that could really set up the program to be established as one of the premier ones in all of college basketball. Yeah, I don't think this is slowing down anytime soon, and you're right, John. And You know, I think, and this is something, um, you know, I've talked about since the day he got the job, and really since Nevada, but you know, he's just perfectly built for this era where I know you guys have talked to him and been around him, but, you know, I remember talking to him years ago when he was at Nevada about, um, you know, being a coach in the, the G League and the, 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 the old CBA. And, you know, he tells stories of, you know, we'd be in the middle of a, a playoff series and my, my best players would get called up to the NBA and I'd have to just completely revamp everything I was doing on the fly. And so why I bring that up is because, you know, he's a guy that is very comfortable. You know, th- th- there's a lot of coaches that still, they're flipping over their rosters more than they like because that's the new world of college basketball. I think he's a guy that genu- genuinely does not mind going into a season with eight, nine new players every year. I don't think he minds that. Um, you know, the recruiting now, um, you know, people talk about NIL, and I saw the story last week about, you know, the, the, the big, you know, cross-team NIL. That's certainly going to help. But at the end of the day, what's going to attract the best players is putting players in the league and them having success there. And so, you know, John, you talk about what this team could do, but I mean, I think you go back to two years ago. I mean, Moses Moody already being an NBA champion, you know, Jalen Williams getting that long, I forget what the contract was, but I think it was a four-year contract when when he even has a second-round pick this year. Uh, you know, what Nick Smith and, and all these guys could do on draft night next year. I'm with you. I, I, I think this is actually, you know, you don't want to, put the cart before the horse, not only this year, but also with the trajectory of the program. But again, you know, coach Moss is still relatively speaking, pretty young. Um, you know, obviously Arkansas is going to compete in the NIL space the way that they have to, but more importantly, they're winning on the court and they're, they're putting guys into the NBA. They're having success. Those, that is the way to continue to get elite talent into your program. And then again, to the point that I just made a minute ago, um, as you continue to get elite talent into your program, guess what ends up happening? Uh, you continue to have success, and uh, you know eventually, whether it's a Final Four this year, whether it's a national champ, whatever it is, you keep biting at that apple, eventually you're going to break through. Well, Aaron, college football is right around the corner as far as some regular season games, and 
being able to see some games that count. What kind of storylines are on your radar for college football? Yeah, it's really interesting, guys. You know, and, and I know obviously you guys spend so much time talking about Arkansas. I think like so I think like the top, top, top of the sport is obviously I think it's Bama. Then I, I actually think there's a gap after Bama and then it's Ohio State, Georgia, whoever. I, I think those middle teams that probably can't win it, I think I feel like there's more interest in those teams than I can remember in a long time, right? Like USC where I live, it's just you know, it's going to be fascinating to kind of see Lincoln Riley. Can he, you know, we just talked about flipping over a basketball roster. He basically flipped over a football roster, but what are realistic expectations, uh, you know, for a first year head coach and, you know, probably 25, you know, new transfers in that program, uh, Texas, I think, you know, Sark is kind of riding this wave right now. Well, you know, they play Alabama in week two. What happens if you lose to Alabama 41 to three in week two or whatever, and how does that narrative change? Obviously, my, Miami with Mario Cristobal, Brent Venables at Oklahoma, I think has been really interesting. Um, you know, I think Michigan is like weirdly interesting, you know, going to the playoff, but then Harbaugh kind of flirts with the NFL and he gets kind of shot down and it's like, what's going on there? So, you know, to me, that's really where the intrigue is, is, is again, I think at the top of the sport, you know, unfortunately, I do think there's those two or three teams that are probably, uh, you know, I would say, better than everybody else and maybe by a significant margin. But I think those week-to-week storylines, the reason that we love college football, the week-to-week storylines, by the way, I didn't even mention Brian Kelly, right? Like, is that narrative of he's not the right fit culturally, all that stuff, is that going to come true? So I, I just, I, you know, I can honestly say I'm, I'm looking as forward to this college football season as I, as I have in a really long time because I think outside of the typical, you know, who's going to win the national championship, who's going to make the playoffs, it feels like there's more interesting stories around it as well. Well, Aaron, we're up against it, man. But as always, we appreciate you joining us. Great stuff. Good to talk a little Razorback basketball with you. I know, especially, right? Especially in a time of year where it's all about football, which is we love too. It just shows how many great things are going on with Arkansas right now. It is. It's a great time. To, John, I mean, you and I have been doing this since back in the, the, the you know, Brett Bielema day, so it's fun to talk about a winning team. I know you guys got to go. Thank you for having me, but it is nice to talk about some fun, exciting up-and-coming programs. No question about it. Appreciate it, man. Have a good fall, all right? Thank you both. Have a great day.